Welcome to Wine and Real Estate, the podcast where we drink wine, we have fun, and we learn about real estate investing. Real estate investing is so much more than just buying buildings. It's about building relationships, building your dreams, building your dream lifestyle, customizing your life. What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? It's much more than money. It's more than getting rich. It's a different type of wealth. It's the wealth of time, the wealth of freedom. And now let's get to the wine and the real estate. Let's start this episode with some financing tips from our go-to mortgage broker, Streetwise Mortgages. Over to you, Dahlia. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages, and on today's episode, I would like to share with you the top three financing questions we're receiving from investors right now. Question number one is, my variable rate mortgage payment has increased since the rise of Prime, and that impacted my cash flow. What solutions do you recommend to help me improve my cash flow and reduce the hit? Currently, locking into a fixed rate to hedge is not the way to go, especially on five-year fixed rates, because the differential between variable and fixed rates on a five-year term is about 200 points. That is roughly 2%. So by locking in, you are forcing an increase rather than saving. The way to go is to consider debt restructuring solutions. By debt restructuring, I am referring to strategies such as loan reamortization, swapping more expensive debts with cheaper debts, for example, unsecured lines of credit funds with secured funds, converting a principal and interest payment mortgage to an interest-only loan, or capping the increase on your variable rate by switching to a capped variable product where more goes towards interest versus principal as the rates rise. One or more of these strategies will help you reduce the monthly payment despite the higher interest rates. Question number two, property values are shifting in some markets. What should I plan for as an investor? Well, shifting values present both an opportunity and risk to investors. On the opportunity front, you are able to pick up better deals, negotiate better deals as well due to the reduction in prices. If you want to position yourself to tap into the future opportunities the market will present, set up or increase secured line of credits where possible on existing properties as you will be able to use these funds for down payment and you will be able to jump on opportunities much faster. While the values have declined a little bit, there's still equity in the properties and you should consider doing this sooner than later because the qualification is getting tighter. On the risk front, if you are in the midst of finishing a renovation on a property that you are looking to refinance in the next few months, I suggest that you do not wait until you are done the project to have a conversation about refinancing. It is best to have a conversation sooner than later with your mortgage advisor to discuss how your exit may have been impacted due to lower valuations as well as tighter mortgage qualifications and to come up with a plan to address any shortage in funds. Number two, if you are buying a property, please include your financing or appraisal condition. Gone are the days of going firm with the market rising on a weak 
over week basis from the time an investor had placed an offer. Lenders lend on the lower of two things, the appraised value and the purchase price. So if you're buying a property um, above what it's worth, you will have to cover the difference from your own pocket. Question number three, my renewal is coming up. Should I go with a fixed or a variable rate? The best thing to do when you have a renewal is not to wait to the last minute. Because if you do, you will be uh, forced to make a decision that may not be to your best interest. And the lender is going to follow up with you and they will end up likely putting the loan on an open rate. So it's always best to plan for a renewal at least six months ahead and not to auto sign the renewal sheet you are receiving from the lender, but rather to speak with your mortgage advisor for guidance on what is best to do, given where your finances are currently and where your needs are, as well as what your future plans look like. To support you during these changing markets with strategies, tips, and tools, and to help you not just adapt but thrive, check out our new page for frequent updates at streetwisemortgages.com forward slash adapt dash thrive. If you have a pressing question right now or need guidance to navigate, navigate the new interest rate environment, email us at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Cheers to your success. Welcome, everyone. So now I'm tempted. I should grab a glass of wine or something. But anyway, I'll be nice to our guest today. So you'll have to correct me with your name, Axel Mont-Saint-Jean. Mont Mont yeah, I'm not sure. Okay, perfect. that's right. Very nice. So you have quite an impressive bio. I'll have to read it for our guests. So born and raised in the French Caribbean. So where where is that? Saint-Pierre? Oh, no. Martinique no, so or? yeah, north of Martinique and Guadeloupe. I was actually born in Guadeloupe and then uh, lived on a little island next to a St. Martin called uh, St. Bart's and was there until the age of about 14 years old. And you left St. Bart's, man. Yeah, I did. I left for wow. school and school stops really early and it, the level drops off and we're, we're five kids and all of us left around that time to go either to France um, or to US and Canada. So I went to France first and then I ended up in Canada at 17. Very cool. So one of my, mm -hmm. I, the reason why I kind of kid here or I'm joking with this is one of my investor partner wants to retire in St. Bart's. So yeah, that's why it sounds, it sounds funny. You left and he wants to go, but, and he's also French. So kind of funny story, but yeah. I love it. Uh, so after a BA in economics, uh, you were working in shipping and um, yeah, you were dealing with containers. Wow. So that's really cool. And now now you're a full-time real estate investor? Yeah, went from exactly went to uh, from shipping to then manufacturing. I was looking after supply chain management and I really liked it. It was fun. Uh, but uh, actually, when our first child was born, our, our son, who's now five years old, I realized I didn't really want to keep living well working for other people and doing good deals for other people and really wanted to uh, take our lives in our in our hands so we um I, I stayed on for a little bit more and then i actually resigned from the corporate world took uh, two mandates in um, consulting management for a little bit uh, and then went full-time into real estate and that was back in 2019 and uh, as as difficult as it was it's 
if not the best decision I've made in my life. I love it. And you're fortunate your kid, you're like you said, that's your oldest is five years old. My kids are now pretty much adult. My son's 18, my daughter's 16. So wow, enjoy it. It's great to be able to have kind of that time freedom. You're able to yeah. take time off during the day and enjoy your family. Can you tell us more about your real estate? So 2019, you went full time. Where do you invest and kind of give us maybe a scale or an idea of scale sure. of your portfolio? So we, uh, we, we invest mostly all in Quebec. So far, everything is within like a 50 kilometer radius. Um, it, it just kind of happened that way. We started with a condo. Uh, my wife's condo and we moved in together we renovated hers and then she moved in with me and then um, we actually bought a little duplex in a in a Verdun great area of town in Montreal and then we started we bought another condo across the street because it was being redeveloped from a fast food to a, a very nice 12 unit well it's two sixes uh, side by side we've got a unit in there and then we went into multifamily. so we ended up buying some with a partner a five unit and that's really like the first one that we did the full cycle on on the uh, on the total i was gonna say on a, on a complete burr so buy renovate rent refinance and then uh, repeat where it took us about 18 months to do tons of learning experience and then um, did another five units just on our own and then bought two other projects uh, since then and now we're we just closed on a piece on two pieces of land about three weeks ago, and we are building a 17 unit um, out, just outside of Montreal with uh, underground parking, commercial, and uh, 16 residential units on top. So it's uh, it's growing. Wow! Congrats! That sounds amazing, and I love that you're investing in Quebec. I don't get many guests investing in Quebec. I know with my name as well, a lot of people think I'm Quebecois, but I'm I'm not. I'm Franco-Ontarian. Kind of like mm -hmm. you have a different background. So that's really interesting to learn about the intricacies of Quebec as well. I know the laws are different. So you can do the Burr strategy in Quebec as well. I know lenders, so the, the A lenders are the same, but a lot of B lenders and other laws are a bit different. Maybe do you mind walking us through maybe some differences if you know because you're only I actually back, so. it's a it's a really <laughs> good point like that's kind of all I know in terms of market I've never okay. done any transactions in Ontario or in other provinces in Canada so I actually might not be the best person to be able to compare um, I just kind of got to know my local market and started in, uh, investing around here and our you know, as ridiculous as they may sound, our closest unit is really across the street from us. Wow. And I, know, <laughs> I know a lot of people would say, never do this, invest at a distance, a find a better thing, market. Though. But like, you know, it's been, it's it one of our, yeah. And it's one of our best performing doors. Um, and we, it's really easy to manage. I, I, I do some of it. Some of it is with a, with, with, with an agent on the leasing and someone for, for the, um, for maintenance, but um, no, it's been it's, it's been really good. Now, going back to your question and comparing to other places in Canada, I'm not sure I'm the best person to do yeah, this, but <laughs> Quebec in some ways seems to have like a bit of a bad reputation because of the laws, because it's very uh, tenant focused and all that. But I, I find it's not that bad and there's plenty of opportunities as much as people say like, oh no, in Quebec, like go invest in the US and so on. like. There is opportunities here. I don't want to say at every street corner, but almost no. just because the fact that it's 
very tenant focused. There's been a lot of protection and it's discouraged a lot of landlords and owners who are tired of it and who are just want, at some point just want to sell. And we both know like distressed sellers create opportunities. Yes, absolutely. No, and it's so true. I'm hearing more and more people looking at Quebec now, especially after Ontario, I personally feel is not tapped out, but almost. And uh, the Maritimes were really hot for about two years. Now things are cooling off big time. Western Canada, it's kind of a boom and bust cycle. You mentioned the US as well. So boom and bust as well. Mm -hmm. uh, down South Europe. I mean, people have looked everywhere and now they're going to Quebec. So <laughs> which is great. So you're talking about development. Is, is that in Montreal proper and is the city pro development with land purchases or like some cities are just not, they're not very good at helping investors with, with mm -hmm. their projects. So what's been your experience so far? Well, our experience so far is kind of mixed. It really depends. Like on, on the, the land that we just acquired to build, we're acquiring, acquiring the land and the project that's already be, been approved uh, by the city. It's a, a, a oh, great. It's a project particulier. It's been accepted about two years ago. It's just the previous owner never went forward. So all we need to do is the um, the um, building permit, which at yeah. this point is going to be a formality because everything's going to fit in the box that was authorized. Already. Um, oh, nice. And so, and and the city really that particular city in Saint Jérôme really wants that building because it's downtown right now. It's a bad vacant land and it's gonna it's gonna embedder the neighborhood yeah and it's a smaller city now when you look at bigger cities in montreal like right now we have two projects that we're we're, we're waiting for building permits for and it's actually tough because on one side you have the city and and politicians who say well um there's a housing crisis and yeah. we need to Add, add units and make it easier for families. And, and yet, in our case, we acquired this property. It's a fully vacant four unit right, wow. next to the, right next to a metro. And we need to do about 200K of renovation. And you're and willing so, to do it. <laughs> yeah, everything's ready. The contractor is ready. The budget is ready. The scope has been determined. The city is not. And, and we, but we've been going through this since January. And we're now in May. It's, wow. And so, you know, it, it, I find there's a huge disconnect between what they say at the politician level mm -hmm. and then at the administration level who actually studies the, the projects and delivers the building permit and, and us investors slash landlord, whatever you want to call us, where, yeah, I, I want to help with the housing crisis and I want to put more dwellings on the market for, for long-term rental. I'm not going to do some Airbnb in this. It's just... We've already lost five months. Yeah, and and that's money. Like that money sitting there is costing you every day. So I don't want to rub it in. <laughs> I want to go it back <laughs> to Saint Jérôme. So Saint Jérôme, yeah. for those that don't know, it's on the way to the Laurentians on Highway uh, 15. Yes, Correct. Highway 15. And a few years ago, they added the train, the train banlieue, so the suburban train. Or go train if you're from toronto or ottawa we have our light rail that goes nowhere for now <laughs> but uh, saint jerome that that's great that it's really growing and saint jerome has some interesting market fundamentals i've been there several times and there's all kinds of things it is a bit of a suburban commuter town but there's also employment and different things so why did you choose saint jerome if you don't mind sharing 
Sure. I mean, in this case, um, it's actually you described Saint Jerome actually quite well. Uh, there is a, there's light industry over there, which is good, which means that there's actually things that are being manufactured in yeah. town, um, and it's also a little bit of the hub for all of the Laurentian. So this is where there's the big hospital. This is where there is. Um, at least two CGEPs, and now there's a small university campus. And it's funny that you describe the train station because the lot that we're building on is actually 400 meters away from the oh train my. station. Very yeah, so good. we're so we're hoping to tap into that market as well. And literally across yeah. the street we have the university, and then just 400 meters down the street is the the train station where some people work downtown Montreal and they live in Saint Jerome or even further north. So as you said, in terms of commute and transportation, it's it's a bit of a node, and it's ideally located for that. And on the west side of the uh, Highway 15, there's a lot of development that's been taking place, uh, semi-detached, single-family homes. There's entire neighborhoods that have been built over there in the last couple of years. Um, so there's, it's a city that's quite in demand. So we're, we're happy to be a part of it. Very good. And it's kind of the doorway to cottage country for Montreal. So I find it's yeah. like you're buying in, if you're in Toronto, you're buying in Barrie, which is a hot market. And yeah. then you get to Muskoka. Well, it's not quite on the way to Muskoka, but anyway, sort of. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's cool, but nicer scenery with the mountains. I, I like it better than Barrie, but... Anyway, yeah. I guess I'm partial. Uh, so Axel, so what what else are you planning for the future? Now you have kids. Are you building generational wealth for them? Or what's what's your story for the whole family? Thank you. So that's a really good question. The big why. And yes, building generational wealth is a part of it. it it's also that with my wife, we wanted to change change our lives and change our lifestyle and both of us coming out of the corporate world she actually now resigned a couple months ago um oh, cool. at, at, the, at the beginning it's a it's it's a pay cut let's let's be honest but and it's scary <laughs> and it, and it's scary and it's a big change and it's also when we realize like how formatted we've been to like no you're going to go to university you're going to get a corporate job and you're going to yeah you're going to be happy with three weeks of vacation a year and put 18% in your RSP and blah, blah, blah. The big, the big <laughs> lie that we've been told. Do you and work for, by, for CBC by any chance? No? <laughs> nope. <laughs> just kidding. but I did not offer the, the broadcasting the lie. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. but just, I mean, because it's so drilled in, like as North Americans, this is what you, we do. And... Mm -hmm. and And so now, so we really wanted to make a change in our lives and be the master of our time how we spend our time, how we spend our, our resources, whatever they are, obviously time being one of them, uh, our money and have the flexibility to spend time with kids. And it's over time that we realized that we both had a big attraction for real estate. Um, starting with her, her, her father has all, he, he's a working professional, but he's always had construction jobs and doing whatever he could around the house building. And, you know, some of them, like some serious, serious work, including some uh, dabbling with electricity and plumbing and stuff like that. Um, and he, I actually worked with him on some small projects around the house and it gave me the confidence of like, it's not that difficult. doesn't mean I want to do it, but I, at least I understand, you know, how to install plugs and how, the plumbing for a sink and you know basic items like that and then on my side my my father was an architect um and now he's pretty much retired he's he's taking his time and i've always liked real estate and i've always understood it and going back to why as an investment and it's also because you know talking about it very simply real estate is something that we understand 
Yeah. It's not like some crazy stock or equity on the market that you have no really control do. over. That you have no control over. This we have control over it. We can force appreciation. Yeah. Uh, we redo a bathroom, redo a kitchen. You can charge more for that. You got a, a, a bigger terrace in the back and so on and so forth. And I'm sure you and your listeners know all about it. And it's something that we actually enjoy uh, just because it's also a very people business. And yeah. Yeah. You meet you, all kinds of yeah. people. You meet all kinds of people. You're always dealing with people, whether it's financing, whether it's a contractor, whether it's tenants, whatever side of the equation you're on, it's a very people business. And we actually quite like that. And um, and that's why we, we, we went into it. And also, yeah, when you see what you can make one year at a corporate job or one year working on a big project and um, see what you get as cash flow, as appreciation and when you <laughs> refinance, like, you know, the math is pretty clear. It really is. And especially you live in Quebec. So with Revenu Quebec as well, on top of all this, it's important to secure money in your assets. So equity, a lot of people talk about cash flow. It's important. Uh, my previous guest, I was recording another podcast before this. He was talking about cash flow, but also equity, which yeah. is very important. Yes, eventually you'll pay taxes on it uh, on your death if you don't sell the place or your kids will pay for you. But at least you're kind of deferring that. And you can use that equity for more purchases, uh, more loans. Your net worth is increasing. There's all kinds of benefits to that. Mm -hmm. uh, so Axel, I'm curious to ask you as well. I noticed that you host a podcast and you also have a meetup. So mm -hmm. that, those things are very important. I coach people on real estate investing and I always tell them you have to market yourself, brand yourself and do something to, to meet other people because you said it, it's all about people. Have you been on the fence about getting a mentor or a coach to scale your real estate investing portfolio, your business? And have you met with many mentors and coaches only to find out that they, what they offer is a series of pre-recorded videos and a Facebook group with some uh, group meetings? And you need some handholding, you want to know, you want to be accountable, you want some one-on-one. -on -one. So look no further. I've created the Creek, the Creative Real Estate Investing Community. And this is where you will have those recorded videos and the weekly calls on Facebook and the group meetings. But wait, you'll also have one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. So 12 sessions over a year, plus 12 other sessions with my accountability coach, none other than Rob Wright. So Mr. Rob Wright is joining me to help you stay accountable and make sure that you do achieve your goals and get to the freedom that you want to achieve. So check it out. I will put the information in the notes here and I'd love to see you. There's a free Facebook group you can join to find out more and I'd love to meet with you and tell you how this can change your life and how it's changed mind as well. Like it's all about people and relationships and the one-on-one -on -one I think is essential. That, that was the key to my success. So I'd love to help you. Cheers. So could you tell us more about that? Like what's your podcast and your meetup sure. and what's going on, especially during the pandemic? What did you so, do? Well, exactly. I mean, it started, it started with my wife because both her and I are very passionate about real estate. And we realized like very early on um, at the beginning of the pandemic and lockdown that we actually faced real estate talk withdrawal. We just felt like we had no <laughs> one to talk to anymore. And kind of like as a game, it was kind of a friend who pushed me 
And I was like, well, and I, I'd been thinking about it for a little while, but I never did it. And it was like, why don't we just start a meetup and let's just see what happens. And then started it. And there's like six or eight people showed up and had a good conversation. And then we went like every two weeks on Tuesdays, all on Zoom. And it, it was really fun because we started to meet people that we would have never had an occasion to be in contact with and, and, and have conversations with and obviously start to answer some questions and, you know, analyze a deal with someone and stuff like that. And then throughout that whole period, every time like we hung up, like, well, the, it goes away. The content is like, it's for an hour. And if you're not there, you missed it. And then we realized like, well, what could we do to make the, the content stay and I guess, you know, that's called a podcast. <laughs> and so yeah. that's what we started. And th throughout our real estate adventure, we kept meeting people that were either successful real estate investors and real estate professionals. And I've had amazing conversations with plumbers, with electricians, oh, yeah. with general contractors, with, with people for financing or land surveyors. And I always thought, like, wouldn't it be fun to actually invite someone and have a half hour conversation and then just share it with everyone. And this is how the Very Real Estate Effect podcast was born. It was a, a game at the beginning and in a way still is because I find it extremely motivating to talk to all these people because I feel like I would have never had a chance um, to, yeah. to, to have that interaction, kind of like what we're having now in a way. Um, so it's been, it's been really fun. It's grown. And uh, we had an event last week. We had about 70, 70 people that showed up. Yeah, it was fun. And so now that we're allowed to not be on Zoom anymore, we actually hosted a <laughs> bar, a bar, a restaurant. And, uh, you know, we don't we don't have anything to sell. We're not we're not trying to push any anything. It's just for people to meet, um, have drinks, uh, be outside, see new faces and see how we can help each other. Whether sometimes it's just like, oh, a contact for financing or today someone asked me a guy for, you know, for doors and windows and stuff like that. And I'm always happy to share all these contacts because i know it'll help someone down the road and i find when you share like that also helps your own network so you mentioned windows for example so if you have someone asking you about windows and you share your contact and this person gets more business and it comes back to you so it's kind of creating these win-win solutions mm -hmm. for everybody in a maybe in a small way it seems very casual but sometimes you change people's lives as well yeah, yeah we've people all the time and some people have seen their businesses boom i'm like oh i never thought i sent you that much <laughs> like it's not just me but imagine that with several investors keep sending people to uh, yeah. a new lawyer or whatever it is a professional mm -hmm. and going back to your podcast as well it's great to have a podcast because you can say hey come on my podcast and then some people that never would give you the time of day will come on and go and and talk to you about different yeah. things give you some insights so i really like it. it you're absolutely right it's really fun and the thing is that i've had moments where i've recorded with there's a few conversation in particular that i remember where i remember hanging up after recording and felt so energized by Good. the other person's energy because you know one guy in particular mike jagger that we had last year um, big time Montreal developer, they raised a hundred million in three weeks. Whoa. And he was kind of walking <laughs> me through the process. I know it's not a small undertaking of like but how they did it. Just and a number. <laughs> yeah, it's just a number. And for, you know, it obviously, it was in three weeks that they secured that amount. Now it took, wow. it took months of preparation and it still took months after it to collect the capital and deploy it and so on. But it's just, it, it's just so motivating to share 
these ideas and stories. And another one, a, a marketing consultant, Mike Kim, that I had on and where he, he usually charges about $3,000 an hour for clients. And, and you got him for free. And I got him for free for 45 <laughs> minutes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. It's just a fun journey. No, it's a great tool. And like you said, it's something that stays live as well. That's why Clubhouse, I don't know if you remember during yeah. the pandemic, people were all going to Clubhouse and it just kind of disappears. And I, yeah, I don't hear about Clubhouse anymore. I'm, I don't think it will die. I think there's a space for it, but people mm -hmm. want to be able to listen to things in the future. It's good to have a reference point as well. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I remember this guest said something interesting and I can go through my list and then um, share it with people. And also it, it helps you multiply what you do and say, because I'm sure uh, as a podcast host and a meetup host, people ask you the same questions over and over. So you probably refer to episode 22. You should listen yeah. to it. It's perfect. It's going to answer most of your questions. And mm -hmm. because you can't help everyone all the time, like there's only 24 hours a day. And you're yeah. trying to create that lifestyle for yourself and your family. So if you're just answering questions all the time, it's not good. So do you have any tips and tricks you'd like to share about podcasting or hosting a meetup or, or becoming a real estate investor? I mean, well, th th that's a, that's a very broad question. Like yeah. <laughs> becoming a real estate investor, you and I have at events, we've met probably hundreds of people who say, I want to invest in real estate. I've been looking at it for two years, oh, but, but blah, 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 <laughs> blah. Okay. And it's the, but, and the three dots that just always I'm getting floored. And the thing is that the, the advice I always give is just get started. Just mm -hmm. do a first deal. It's not going to, you're going to learn tons. It's not going to be perfect. No, nope. it's going to be far from perfect. It's not going to make you rich. It's not going to make you poor. It's just going to get you addicted to want to educate yourself and improve. Yes. Just get started and getting started. It's scary for people to make an offer just on, on, on a $300,000 property that they've maybe visited once and they were in there 10 minutes. Now you and I, you know, we, we make offers. We haven't even visited the place. And we no, say, that's if, my offer, if my offer gets accepted, I'll take the, the 20 minutes to go visit. But yeah. not until then. And, and the thing is, as scary as it can be, People just have to, one, get over their fear. Fear is everywhere. It's, yeah. it's, it's, we are our worst enemy. It's our own fear. And, and number two, every day, just take a tiny, small step. Small step. If, just look, look at a couple listings. Analyze two listings a day at 9 p.m. before you go to bed so you get to know your local market or wherever you're trying to invest. And, or just if you want to get into short term, run some numbers, talk to someone, small step every day, because that's how it adds up. Because trying to do like five hours a week is difficult in one block. But if yeah. you break it down into seven times 45 minutes before you go to bed, you actually get a lot of stuff done. You and really so for do. all these people who say like, oh, I want to invest in real estate, but blah, blah, don't blah. Have time or whatever. Uh, that's ridiculous. If, if you don't have time, it's because it's not enough of a priority for you. And if it's not enough of a priority, think about your motivation. Your motivation is not there. And no. at, at some point, like I wanted to work out more and I realized like, I'm just going to stop saying like, oh, I, I didn't have the time. Now I just say I didn't make it enough of a priority to work out today. Because at least it's honest with myself. No, that's so true. And as I'm not sure how old you are, I'm 41. So I find when you hit your 40s, 
uh, you start admitting things. Yes, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be fit. And I did that for years and years. I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. and work out. Now I'm like, whatever. I, I'm going to try to get <laughs> yeah. in more steps. I got my Apple Watch to help out and do yeah. what I can. And that's it. And I guess it's not a priority. And just admit it. Yeah. Am I happy? My wife is happy, whatever. Then it's good. <laughs> happy, happy wife is, is very important. Yeah, happy wife, happy life. Exactly. Exactly. So, Very important. Words of wisdom here. Anybody listening, that's great to take action in small increments that are manageable and sustainable as well. So that $100, raising $100 million sounds like fun and it is doable, but maybe not the best thing to do right from the get go. The person you were talking about has years of experience. So to that person, three weeks to raise $100 million is nothing because of that reputation and those many, many years of excellence to get to that point. Mm -hmm. So it's like us buying a property uh, without even seeing it. I'm buying in properties I've never been in. And then I show up and analyze it. That I don't recommend that as a starting point. That's probably property number three, four, five, ten, whatever build from there but again like you're saying take some small steps make a phone call show up at a meetup that's a huge yeah. one and huge. yeah absolutely and because going back to your question about like you know the, the meetup the podcast and how to start in real estate like meetup we really started because we genuinely like to talk to people yeah and we like to help other people and sometimes we realize like hey we could actually like answer questions and it helps and we like to go to other real estate uh, event and networking Absolutely. because we, we we meet other people and so much has changed because we've met other people and sometimes you go to an event and you're like oh i don't really want to go and and this and that but all it takes is one meaningful conversation with one everything. person and then you're like oh my god i'm so happy i came this yeah. was my entire evening was worth it because of this one conversation and you know those are uh, th those are the two thousand dollar moments they may they may not save you or make you $2,000, no. but it's the, wow, that was worth it for me to go just to meet this one person. And again, like real estate is you're buying brick, you're buying a roof and stuff, but it's a people business. And if you can't, if you can't, and if you don't see the value in being around and sharing with others and connecting other people and, and all that, it's, uh, it's going to, it's going to be tougher for you. Totally. No, it's so true. And, yeah, you have to meet people. And that's same with you during the pandemic. I was missing that, that meetup, which I used to host in Ottawa. And mm -hmm. that's why I switched to podcasting until I'm like, well, okay, this is fun. Now I get to meet people I would never meet. I've had guests from different countries, different provinces. Now it's, it's a lot of fun. And like yourself, maybe not a plumber, right? That might be interesting, but maybe more up my wife's alley. She likes plumbing and different things i'm more uh the creative type not that mechanical stuff <laughs> yeah but well it works for everyone that's it you find your niche you find your your target audience and make it fun for you and your guest so mm -hmm. thank you it's been a pleasure axel what how can people get a hold of you what's the best way to, to reach out and maybe sure. attempt a meetup Sure. So it's in Montreal. It's uh, on uh, meetup.com and they can look for very real estate effect 
Otherwise, Axel Montsaint-Jean, they can hit me up on uh, LinkedIn. And otherwise, the podcast, same thing, is called The Very Real Estate Effect. It's weekly, and we interview uh, real estate investors and real estate professionals. And I always like to get some feedback. If there's particular topics people want to hear about or people or you people that you'd have an idea that they'd be a great guest, please reach out to me. I'd love to have them on so we can share their story. And I love that, taking suggestions from the audience as well for guests. That's great. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. We'll have to meet in person in Montreal at some point. I'm Absolutely. only about two hours away. If I drive Quebecois style, maybe an hour and a half. <laughs> so, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you and all the best. Thank you, Francois. Cheers. Hey there, listeners. We hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Wine and Real Estate Podcast. Yes, absolutely. You can find us on Instagram. Our handle is wine underscore and underscore real estate. So wine and real estate on Facebook, FL Homes Corp. And you can also find us on our YouTube channel. Yes. And please make sure to give us a rating, five stars mm -hmm. or any comments. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we love suggestions as well. Cheers. Yeah. Chin chin. Thank you.